Please turn in your Bibles to this morning's scripture, John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. If you'd like to follow along using a pew Bible, you can find the passage on page 904. Please stand for the reading of God's word. John 18, beginning with verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And he, he, after he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we have just heard an account of an encounter between Jesus and one who was very much of this world. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us from your word. Your word is truth. We are, we are seeking the truth. And so would you show it to us today? By your Holy Spirit, you have us each here for a reason. Will you indeed enable us to encounter you? And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, um, before I preach today, I'm, I'm, I want to share something with you. Whoops. I get so nervous when I play. Uh, So, today's message is about honesty. (laughs) 
I just played that. The way I played it was by pushing a button and then it played a recording of Sharon. Now, the reason I explain that is because I know you all thought that I was really playing and given the, the subject matter today, uh, I felt that I should come clean on that. I want you to put that on a side burner for the moment because we are going to talk about honesty, dishonesty. We are still in uh, the book of Proverbs and we are headed toward this table which is a table of truth. It's a table of absolute truth. So I want to give us a little bit of a foundation and then we will, from other scripture, and then we will get into what uh, Proverbs says about honesty and dishonesty. And the first thing I want us to understand is that dishonesty is against God's nature, so he hates it. He hates it. But to understand that, we've got to uh, uh, build this foundation, and I'm just going to read you some passages as we quickly move toward the book of Proverbs. In Numbers 23, 19, and these are in your outline so you can look them up later, 23, 19, it said, God is not man that he should lie, implying that men lie. God, if he is really God, doesn't lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he, has he said and he will not do it, or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Over in Isaiah, we're moving our way through various scripture, and we, uh, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of passages like this, but in Isaiah 65, verse 16, twice God is called the God of truth, that's a description of who he is. He is truth. He's the God of truth. Back in uh, the New Testament, Titus 1 verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. He is a God who never lies. And then we see Jesus himself, and that's why we relate uh, this table to our subject matter and to the book of Proverbs as well. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't just say, I tell the truth, he said, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here, here one has to decide with a, a statement like that, am I to believe Jesus? Jesus uh, who uh, says he is God and God never lies, but here he says, I am the truth 
And then in the same breath, he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. So either Jesus is a liar not to be believed, or he is the truth, and then we have to cope with what he says. And he says, I'm the way to the Father. If you remember uh, just a moment ago in our scripture reading, Pilate has the one who says he is the truth standing right in front of him, accused, accused by people from this world. And so here is the truth standing in front of him, and Pilate says, what is the truth? Do you see what a picture that is of our world? Where here we have Jesus, as it were, in the midst of us, and people are saying, but where's the truth? I, don't, I just don't see it. And that's why the truth is so essential for the believer. So we began with dishonesties against God's nature, so he hates it. But the other side of that, not the other side of the coin, because Satan is not the other side of the coin from God, but he is God's enemy. And his nature is the lie. So we see God's very nature is truth. Satan's nature is the lie. Remember the very first lie in the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That's, that's what he does. He lies. Jesus said back in John 8, you are of your father the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. So here we have Jesus contrasted with Satan. Jesus is the truth. Satan, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So there we see the very character of Satan. Jesus' statement here just absolutely flies in the face of those who would be, uh, they used to call it, there's all kinds of names for it now, but uh, situation ethicists, situation ethics it was called, where basically they would say, you know, we can't say something is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. It depends on the situation. In fact, they would say, and ask yourself, have I ever done this kind of, played this kind of a game in my mind? They would, in fact, say, you know what? You say lying is wrong, but there may actually be a time when lying is the most loving thing you can do for someone. That's situation ethics. In other words, saying it's not absolutely wrong to lie. It depends on the situation. And Jesus says, no. You know what? That too is a lie. 
of Satan. So to see God's attitude, now we go back to Proverbs. In Proverbs, and I encourage you to to, uh, um, turn back to the book of Proverbs. So if we understand his nature, we understand the nature of Satan, now we can understand uh, why his attitude is such, why God's attitude is such toward dishonesty. Proverbs 6, verse 16. He hates it. Verse 16, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. He lists all these other things, but one of the things that he absolutely hates, that he sees as an abomination, is a lying tongue. Proverbs 11, verse 1. Again, he sees it as an abomination. A a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. So here's, here's already an application in this. And that is uh, um, our attitude as believers toward dishonesty should reflect the Father's attitude. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 27. 29:27 An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous but one whose way is straight is an abomination to the wicked So what it's saying is that a believer's attitude ought to be the same as God's attitude toward dishonesty toward untruths and why? Well, again, going back to what Jesus said about, uh, about Satan, you're of your father the devil, and your will is to do his, your father's desires. That's when you lie. Now, in Proverbs, what we see basically, and, and, and there are all, there, there's a whole spectrum of these two categories but what we see are two categories of dishonesty that are spoken of in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 6, verse 19. Referred to it earlier. In 16, it says, Six things the Lord hates, seven the that are an abomination to him. And then verse 19, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. And that, more often than not, is how we think of lies. And that is words that we have spoken. But there is another kind of lie. And that's the other category that is mentioned in Proverbs. Again, chapter 11, verse 1. And that is our actions. 
our actions. So we have words and then actions. Verse 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now let me explain what the idea of the just weight is. Uh, God's people had been warned about their actions way back in Deuteronomy 25. Um, here's what uh, uh, God's people were told in verse 13. You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have, a full and fair measure you shall have, uh, that your days may be long. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. Our actions can be every bit as much a lie as our words. Now, let's go back to our introduction uh, at the organ. You probably didn't even really notice when I said I want to share something with you first, but that's, those were my words. I said, I would, before I preach, I would like to share something with you. That was absolutely true, wasn't it? My words were true. And then I walked over to the organ, and uh, when you heard the foot pedals hit, that was really me. <laughs> that, was, that was the part that was me. And uh, I, I looked around just a little bit, and... I wish I had a video of the look on your faces uh, uh, when I sat down at the organ. And then I hit the button. Some of you might have been able to see that. Uh, most of you probably couldn't. And this beautiful music came out. And then I eventually turned it off and walked back over here accepting the applause, thanking you for that. Now, when it came down to it, was there a, a single verbal uh, lie that came out of my mouth? And the answer is no. I, I didn't say anything wrong. But if I had not walked back over here and, and said, uh, you know, when I said I played that, and then I explained how I played it, I, I pushed the button that said play, it would have deceived some of you. And if you're visiting with us, you might have said, wow, they got a pastor that plays the organ too. He's pretty good. So... I did that in order to show, look, it's not just the words you utter that can be an absolute deceit. That would have been a, a, a total lie and in the same category. So to set up a situation and to know what at least some people would think that puts you in the category of doing that which is an abomination to the Lord. We need to consider that in our lives. Some of you have cleaned up the lies, the verbal lies out of your life. 
but perhaps are still struggling with the actions that also are deceit. So I want to give you several applications before we go to the table. I want us to talk about white lies, lies of convenience, and lies of necessity. So if you were thinking about leaving, you're stuck now because if you get up now, everyone will think, oh boy, they, they don't want to hear about this or that. So uh, first of all, the, in the area of white lies. Now I'm not saying there is such a thing. I'm using a term that people use. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 21, it says, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. So let's talk about little white lies. The basic philosophy, the basic thinking for some who would say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really, I'm not a liar. I, oh, I, okay, I tell little white lies. Some, you know, everybody does that some. And the thinking is often, you know, it, it's okay if it doesn't hurt someone or if it makes them feel better. You know, false flattery, telling others what they want to hear rather than what is true. Therefore, it's harmless. Is it really? Or is it an abomination to the Lord? Think about the term little white lies. Do you know what that can lead to? Little white adulteries. Little white murders. You see how ridiculous that sounds? Would anyone say that's just a little white adultery? It's not, it's not really adultery. Nobody would say that. And yet, the prohibition against lying is in the, the exact same list of commandments that these other two are in. God takes it seriously. He says, no lie is of the truth. There's a way to say something that is not a lie. You may have to think about it. You may have to, to really be creative, but there is a way. Uh, when I was in seminary, and I've, I believe I've told you this before, one of my professors, Dr. Robert Rayburn, was talking to us about doing pastoral visits. And he talked about when you, when you go and, uh, I have a classmate sitting right there, uh, one of our members, Mike Hardiman. He said, when you go and uh, you see a, a brand new baby, he said, you know, sometimes they aren't all that cute. Now, look, I don't agree with him, okay? But he said, he said, you can't lie. So what you do is say, 
Now that's a baby. <laughs> now, I can never use that again. I know that. <laughs> and I have never seriously used that either, only as an illustration. Uh, but his, his point was, look, don't lie. Say the truth and do it in all circumstances. Uh, there's a, a second area, lies of convenience. Again, I'm not saying this is a right term. But in Romans 3, verse 8, it says, and, and why not do evil that good may come, as some people slanderously charge us with saying their condemnation is just. So a, a lie of convenience. Now, nowadays, I'm, I'm going to give you an illustration that's getting almost outdated, but uh, because uh, people screen their calls now, almost everybody does. And, uh, but do you remember, probably most of you can remember, when uh, we didn't have a way to screen our calls, and the phone rings... And you hear who it is. Oh, hi, Bill, or whoever. And the other person in the room says, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> okay? Now, you're right there. And the people on the other end are hearing you go, I'm not here. I'm not here. Okay? But that was a very common, common way to deal with things. And, and the justification was often, well, I, I, it would be worse for him and for me if I spoke with him. And so let's just do it and let both of us off the hook. And in the, in, in the meantime, you're doing that which is an abomination to the Lord. Or the lie of necessity, to protect yourself or others. Uh, some have used cases like Rahab and Abraham uh, that, that are, are brought up to justify lies when it protects others. After all, they, they lied in, in a prominent way, and they're, they're listed in the genealogies of Christ. They're listed in, in Hebrews 11, this hall of fame of faith. Now, this is worth discussion and, uh, about how to handle things in war and with it, when there's danger and, and so on. And we can see places in Scripture where God permits us in dire circumstances to uh, conceal or withhold part of the truth. Not, not say an untruth, but withhold from those who are enemies. But scripturally, we do not see the lies of Abraham or Rahab commended for the lie. In fact, God does his work in spite of our sin. And he never needs us to sin in order to accomplish his will. He doesn't need us to, to sin so that his will will be done. 
So the answer for us is the same as it was for why Abraham and Rahab are still considered God's people and people of faith. And the answer is only because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's it. Now, one final truth, application here. Uh, and it has to do with an untruth that is far too prominent among believers. And that's falsehood in worship. And it's especially important as we approach this table. And it's lying by pretending to be one thing and outwardly faking worship. Here's what it says in Romans 1. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Falsehood in worship. It is an abomination to the Lord. So how serious is lying? Proverbs 19 verse 9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished. He who breathes out lies will perish. So what if you have determined in the last few minutes, well, that's me. I've been a false witness. I have lied. I have misled. I've lived in deceit. I have participated in false worship, pretending when it really wasn't true. What if we've lied out of convenience or even what we thought was necessity? How are we to deal with that? Well, the scripture I just read says, you are doomed to perish and you are unless you go to the one who is truth. And that's Jesus. Unless you go to him, it's the only hope. And so we are about to partake in this table of truth, which is the table of the truthful one. And you'll hear the scriptural warning that if you're not a believer, that you ought not to partake. And we don't just say that. The scripture says that. But don't even think about partaking of this, and there's no shame in that. Don't, but don't even think of partaking of this if you're playing games. Because you might fool all those around you, but, but you don't fool the searcher of hearts, the one who says, that's an abomination. And that's making a mockery of what the Lord Jesus did on the cross. Don't do that. But if you're ready to come clean, if you're ready to seek 
his forgiveness. You need to know this. This table reminds us that we are all false witnesses in one way or another. But Jesus was not. He was and is the truth. And so he is our only hope for salvation. Let's pray together. Lord, will you be the searcher of our hearts? Because even as we try to search our own hearts, we cover up. We justify. We minimize that which we're guilty of. And so will you search our hearts and convict us and then draw us by your grace and by your mercy and because of your love to the cross of Christ that is the answer for any falsehood that is within us. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.